Hello, hockey fans. Welcome back to another episode of What the Puck. We are now in episode six. I'm your host, Johnny D'Amico, and today we have a lot to break down, a lot to get into. First off, uh, can't wait for Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, that's going to be a great game. Can't, can't wait to get drunk on that day. And also, uh, happy uh, Valentine's Day for anyone that is celebrating with someone and uh, has someone that they uh, love and cherish. So, um, besides that, let's uh, get right into it. We got a lot to uh, talk about, a lot to break down. So, how about that All-Star game? Yeah, no. That was a pretty boring All-Star game, I'd say. I'd, I'm not even going to lie. I did not even watch it. It's it's not watchable. No, I would not. There, there is so much. And I'm the biggest diehard hockey fan saying that. There is so much I could do with my time than rather watch that uh, three-on-three silly tournament. But there was one thing that did catch my eye, which I thought uh, when I did see it on uh, Twitter and uh, YouTube and Instagram, I, uh, I was very, very impressed. And it was the uh, Trevor Zegers breakaway challenge. Oh, my God. The, you know what? This is what's going to get um, – like I said uh, in a couple episodes before, I think it was uh, when we were talking about the All-Star game. This is what's going to get uh, people back into uh, hockey, seeing uh, the kinds of skill – especially the younger fans, the, uh, you know, seeing that breakaway move. So for anyone that hasn't seen it, he he got <laughs> – they took the bid from uh, Dodgeball, which uh, – if for anyone hasn't seen that, it's such a great movie. Uh, you should all know the line: "If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball." But uh, so his uh, teammate, his goalie John Gibson, who's there, blindfolded him, um, and they what's it called? They spun him around. What's it called? He blindfolded him, and they had all the ma- mascots uh, throw dodgeballs at him. So think of it: he's on skates, he's on a, he's blindfolded. And he's getting pelted with dodgeballs by all of the team mascots that are there, which I thought was pretty funny um, and, and pretty uh, creative too. But then it's not just like a simple move. He did some – what's it called? He held the puck, which I don't, I don't know how he does that. Um, he held the puck. He did a little spinorama. He like faked it and he, he threw it like lacrosse style, which I thought was pretty, the uh, pretty coolest uh, moment from All-Star Weekend. I uh, what's it called? I've seen the video. Go go watch it on uh, Twitter. Uh, you'll be amazed. And I I actually read some of the comments. You know, some people were uh, saying, "Oh, he cheated." I'm like, "Yeah, you, you try doing that with a uh, um a a blindfold, a hockey stick, and a puck." I'm like, "All right, you can recreate that move, you fucking big mouth." So, um, that was pretty cool. Although it was actually pretty shitty how um he didn't even win the event. Like Gary Bettman invited this kid who's ripping the league as a rookie. I hope he wins rookie of the year. I kind of do root for him now. Not not that I don't root for anyone else, but um he didn't even win the event. That that went to Alex Petrangelo, the, I guess the home favorite of the uh Vegas Golden Knights, but how I don't know how uh Zegers didn't win with that move. It, it should be like the best move of the, or or give him something, you know. He's not he wasn't even an all-star. It's like uh, I don't know. You know, Batman should he should definitely pay for all his uh, drinks that night and uh, whatever he did after to have fun out there. But he he didn't win second place. Uh, it was uh, Jack Hughes that took second. So uh, I don't even know the uh, voting system or how it works. I know the judges vote obviously, but I don't know what their uh, criteria is. But my God, uh, what a, what a shame! But 
not not really um that was probably the only thing that's worthy enough to bring about with uh all-star weekend so hopefully um you know they uh, this is the stuff you like i said you want to see with all-star you want to see that uh the the flair the fun you know make make it more entertaining for the fans i love i love the skills breakaway challenge idea i like the hardest shot the fastest skater is kind of interesting but we want more excitement you know get fans to um more fans to watch more hockey so but but other than that there really wasn't much to uh talk about with the all-star game it was pretty lacking uh very sad but we'll move on we actually do have some uh hockey headlines i know there really wasn't that much hockey i think um, there's been two nights worth of hockey now, but nothing really crazy um, to talk about. But we do have some headlines, um, some stories that have developed for a couple weeks now, or even months. But we'll get into the first one here. So all the um, Arizona Coyote fans, I know it's a small market, but uh, guess what? You might have a, uh, this is a proposed plan that's been building for weeks now. So it looks like the Arizona Coyotes, there's a possibility, now I'm not saying this is definite, but they might play at Arizona State University, so the college campus, with a max capacity of 5,000 um, 5, seats. So, and, and that's not just for next year. That's, that's for like three years. So you're talking about 2025, 2026, that that little temporary uh, home might be for them. Which, to me, I think is pretty uh, outrageous, and uh, it really has no um, value uh, to play there because it, it is kind of a joke. I do feel for those professional players. Think of it. You're going to be a professional player playing in a uh, little college arena like you're a kid. But this was uh, – so Gary Bettman, so he was at the uh, All-Star game, obviously, and he was asked about it. So let's uh, take a lick, um, take a listen to what he had to say about it. Oop, let me just get the audio. Particularly based on what he's prepared to do is obviously committed to the Coyotes – is in the process of trying to get the ability to build a new arena on the east side of the Valley of the Sun, Tempe to be specific, and he is hopeful and optimistic that is something that he can do, which we think will completely reverse the current fortunes of the club. So what do you do in the interim? Glendale has shut them out. Uh, the Phoenix Suns have apparently no interest in uh, sharing their building even on a temporary basis with the Coyotes. My guess is they would prefer to keep the Coyotes in town. But there are a lot of hockey fans, uh, and the team has built a good fan base. And with the right arena situation, they will be fine. And if they better than fine, I think they'll be great. So you hear that, for anyone, who, uh, the audio was a little low from that uh, interview, from that footage that was shown. Um, but basically, you know, they're, they're saying that, uh, so the uh, NBA, the Phoenix Suns, they didn't want to share an arena with them. But he's still doubling down, still, like, you know, fighting for this small market team. And you know what? This has me uh, thinking a little. Okay, so he's a, this is a guy that, first off, let's break down the uh, situation. Because this is getting into a very controversial topic that some people really believe in and some people don't. So I'll give you more background info before I get into that. So basically, the, they won't share an arena with them. And this is the uh, temporary um, temporary situation, which has a lot of uh, 
possibilities, a lot of uh, confusion, questions. But I think the plan is for them to have that temporary stadium at Arizona State and then for them to build a new stadium somewhere in Arizona. Because if you heard Betton say he thinks they're going to be fine, he thinks they're going to be fine. Well, I don't know if they're going to be fine. Um, everyone, He's telling everyone to relax, but he's saying that uh, this is the uh, way to go. This is the uh, solution to all problems. And you know what I think his solution is? And I'm going to say it, and I don't want uh, people to uh, say that it, those things don't happen. I think he's going to rig the lottery. I don't know which year he's going to – because – the Coyotes, look, they're a shit team. They are the worst team. They are, they are a bottom two team. It's it's them and the uh, Montreal Canadiens right now. Actually, I could take a look at the standings to see exactly where the Coyotes are. But they are they are dead last in the Western Conference with twenty six points. So they and Montreal's the only team that's worse than them with twenty three. So what does that mean? In order for them to get, and in order for them to become irrelevant they're gonna need a star player and how do they get that well no one's gonna come to Arizona I mean Austin Matthews certainly ain't going there even though that's his hometown but I highly doubt that right now but the only way he's gonna get it is he's got to rig the draft lottery for them and it's either gonna be this year he's gonna get Shane Wright which means Arizona will get the first pick or he might do it next year which probably would be smarter if he were to double down in the Coyotes and take the uh, kid Connor Bedard who's Supposed to be next year's uh, first overall pick. And I'm saying it's smarter because all the uh, NHL draft experts, um, they they say that Connor Bedard is the next uh, franchise McDavid, Matthews type player. And and Shane Wright, you know, he might be a, he might just be a, a great player, not that franchise player. Which, again, that's, of course, not bad to have for a first overall pick. But, you know, he – this is the only way they can do it because you can't – they're not going to make any big trades for stars right now because they're going to go through a rebuild because they're just a disaster of a team. And also, there's a uh, – what's it called? So, uh, excuse me for the uh, text in the background. But um, there's also there, – there's no really like – there's no pl- – there's no attraction to Arizona right now. There's no the, – the team's not doing good. The team – what's it called? They're – there's no, there's no good direction they can go in except tear it down, which which kind of sucks. But oh well, that's what they're gonna have to do. Um, they're gonna what's and and you know what's the only the only thing that could backfire from them having a uh, a rigged lottery is you know what there's the players have more power now than ever so. Let's say hypothetically, um, Shane Wright can uh, he refuses to go to Arizona. I, I know he's draft eligible, but I, I'm actually not sure if he has the option to stay in college, but or or the um, OHL, I I believe. But he he can't. Uh, e- either way, somehow, some there's going to be a kid that gets drafted first overall, and they might not want to play for Arizona because you know what? It's like hey, you know. I don't. I played in bigger stadiums when I was in junior. You know why do I want to play in a college stadium, or why do I want to play in the small market arena? So they might uh, pull in Eric Lindros, and they might be forced to trade him or trade the pick. Which you know what is, it might not be the uh, greatest solution, but that's the best thing for the Coyotes if 
they wanted to if uh, Gary Bettman really wanted to help that franchise out because he says they're going to be fine. Well, he's not going to tell us how they're going to be fine, but that's my uh, best uh, case for them right now. As there, I, I really don't see another way unless unless there's another way someone can tell me, but there's no other way that the uh, Coyotes would um, get rid of or what's it, not get rid of, but get out of this rut of mediocrity and small market. They, like they, they're, the market's not big enough for them. It's it's really I, in Arizona right now. All the fans are uh, really interested in the NBA and the NFL there. Uh, it's that's just and that's it in most places. So it's really not anything uh, they can control. But I it it really it really does remind me. You know what if um, and I'm not saying that Shane Wright or Connor Bedard is gonna pull an Eric Lindros, but that's the situation it's gonna remind because I don't think anyone's gonna want to play for them seriously. It. It's a sad. It's a sad team. Like at least you know the bottom feeders. Like maybe someone will want to play in Montreal or Ottawa. You know those teams because you know it's a Canadian market and it's a big market there. So it's it really is a sad thing to see Gary Bettman still fight this. But that's the only way he's gonna rig, rig the lottery. I, Jesus, I can't even say that. Rig the lottery. I'm a fucking idiot sometimes. But anyway. We'll move on to the uh, next topic here. We're, we're done talking about the uh, bottom pit the Arizona Coyotes are. And here's something that uh, resurfaced, or I don't want to say resurfaced, but it got a little heated at a uh, press conference. So this is going back to the Kyle Beach story. So for anyone who doesn't know, Kyle Beach was a former NHL player. He played. He was a high draft pick of the Blackhawks. He didn't. Uh, he never panned out. He, it was kind of like a bust. But unfortunately, uh, we learned over. It was May of last year. So this is what is it now? Um, it's almost a full year, but it's like nine, eight, nine months. Can't. I can't do math. Apparently, I can't speak. Can't do math. That's okay. But he had the sad story that everyone learned that um, he uh, had a sexual assault allegation against former Blackhawks video coach. Who I don't know the name off the top of my head, or I don't I don't remember if there was ever uh, someone that was uh, named, but uh, according to that report, uh, the Blackhawk executives knew about it. They had a meeting about it, and they did not address them until after the Stanley Cup playoffs because I think that was the uh, the first year of their run. If if for um for the dynasty that was back in twenty ten, but it was never discussed until like uh, you know the Blackhawks won the cup. And you know that that which which really was a sad thing. I, I mean, any I I know we love sports and we love to watch teams win, but you know there are certain things in life that are that just overtake uh, sports. Even though sports is great for distraction, but when something serious like this, you got to address it right away, no matter what. So that was the uh, original story, and then there was the fallout after that of coaches who knew. So guys like uh, Joe Quinville got lost his job in Florida. The, and and there was others too that uh had to step down um i think the uh, the gm uh, stepped down Stan Bowman if i'm not mistaken um may, maybe i'm wrong in that i can't remember the, uh the whole story now but basically there was an interview which i will give you some uh the feed to so we'll actually and this one is a good audio but Rocky Wirtz was basically uh getting upset at um it was 
it was uh, what's it called from the Athletic, the reporter Mark Lazarus. He was asking like, uh, what are they doing now? And we're gonna listen in to see that little uh, interaction between both of them. But I think we have to look back also, and I think much of what happened to Kyle Beach stemmed from a, a power imbalance between a coach and a player, and the powerlessness of a player in that situation. So, what are the Blackhawks doing? What have the Blackhawks done? What will the Blackhawks do to empower a player in a similar situation to make sure that doesn't happen again? I'm going to answer the question. Okay. I think the report speaks for itself. The people that were involved are no longer here. We're now looking back at 2010. We're looking forward. And we're not going to talk about 2010. I'm we're, about I, I know, and I'm not either. And we're not going to talk about what happened. We're moving forward. That is my answer. Now, what's your next question? I can pick up to what we are doing today. And I think no, that's... I don't know. That's none of your business. That's none of your business. What we're going to do today is our business. I don't think it's any of your business. Because I don't think it's any of your business. You don't work for the company. If someone in the company asks that question, we'll answer it. And I think you should get on to the next subject. We're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. We're not going to talk about anything that happened. Now we're moving on. What more do I have to say? You want to keep asking the same question? Do you hear the same answer? Okay, ask the next question. Okay, good. Uh, so for those who were able to hear that, he basically... Uh or didn't hear that. He basically said, um, you know, we're not going to answer any questions about that. Uh, we're not going to talk about the uh, Kyle Beach situation, yada, yada, yada. And it, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I was laughing a little in the background, but that was only because of the, the way they were arguing. It, that was just funny to me, not the situation itself. But, you know, I was very shocked to actually uh, hear that response. Like, I don't really think it was like – I understand the meet. Look, the, I said this again. I said this when Leon Drysaddle was having his little uh, skirmish with um, the media up in Edmonton, and I said that you know the media they love to stir the pot. They love to stir the pot. They're going to ask the tough questions because they want to get the reaction. They want to get the storyline like this. Which, by the way, the uh, after this, the Blackhawks owner Rocky Wirtz did apologize. So he did. Um, he did apologize for the way he uh, reacted to this. Uh, reporter but you know it, it it's such a it's such a bet the the difference between that and the dry sidle situation the difference between that is this is a much more serious situation than you know someone playing the, a team playing bad hockey like this is like an actual like oh there's a lawsuit against the hawks you know like i said stan bowman had to resign um they a lot a lot of people lost their job because of the fallout from this which they rightfully should have if if everyone knew about this and covered it up. Um, there's there's no excuse for that. But I was just shocked that uh, the owner of the team, who, by the way, it's not like they're a good team anymore. I know they had the dynasty in, in um, the early 2010s, that era. But the back half of this and the starting of the 2020s, they've been pretty shit. So I don't really think uh, there is much else to talk about. But, you know... They took so much offense to this, and you and when a story is already out there, you can't keep it in house anymore. You have to address it. I know it sucks that you got to answer the media questions, but especially if you're the owner of the team of a really bad situation like a sexual assault scandal or any sexual assault allegation, you need to fucking address it. You got to put your, you know, fucking put your balls on, put uh, man up, put your strap on if you have to, 
and you got to fucking do what you got to do and, you know, stand in front of, stand in front of the media and tell them what your chest, you know, what you're going to do to make sure uh, another Kyle Beach situation doesn't ever happen again. Because let's face it, that shit should have never happened with Kyle Beach. I, I felt that was one of the worst stories I've ever heard from a hockey, I, I never even realized that that could happen, like, myself, uh, to, to a hockey player, which, to me, I was very shocked, but it was, it was also weird, because I think, um, I couldn't tell who the, that other person was, but I think it was another owner, um, of the Blackhawks, it was gonna answer, and then Rocky stepped in, and he said, I think, I think it was, uh, maybe his son, Dan, Danny Wirtz, if, if that was him, I don't know what his face looks like, but I do know, um, that, that is his father and son. Uh, he, uh, probably is a CEO slash owner of the team, if I'm not mistaken, but he stepped in, he was willing to answer, but Rocky's like, no, 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 we're not going to talk about this. Like, yeah, like, like it's really gonna, you know, be hidden now. And like I said, it's not like the Blackhawks are, uh, anything to uh, write home about anyway. So you're really not talking about much. I mean, the team's in disarray and I don't want to, we're not, I'm not even going to get into the current Blackhawks. That'll be a day for a different topic. Uh, maybe you don't make stupid uh, trades for Seth Jones. and But anyway, um, what's it called? So the, the way that it's going to be remembered now, I don't want to say they're le- – uh, I think the legacy has changed. I don't want to – I'm not ta- taking anything away from those Stanley Cups, from the three Stanley Cups they won. That shouldn't be taken away. The players won it fair and square. I, I don't – I don't want to. I hope to God no players knew about it and ignored that situation, but um, they they won it fair and square. There was no cheating involved, but history is always going to remember. You know, this is the team that had a sexual assault allegation during a Stanley Cup run and chose to ignore it till after they won it. So that's how uh, everyone else will remember it, or at least in my eyes, that's how I'll I'll definitely remember it. But. Hopefully, uh, there is never a situation like that again. I hate to uh, bring up serious situations in a hockey podcast, but it did resurface. So, all right. So now we're going to have the uh, a little something fun. As right now, it's about the halfway mark. Uh, we just had the uh, um, All-Star break over with now. So now we're going to do a little uh, Stanley Cup prediction since we're at that halfway. We kind of know who the real contenders are. We know who the... Um, pretenders are, or, or for the most part, I should say. Now, if I had to guess, I, I do have the standings in front of me. If I had to take a guess, mm, it's going to be a real tough one. I I don't know who's going to win it, but I can guess who would come out of each side. So I'd say the two, based on what I've seen so far, I'd say the two top uh, contenders in the, I'll, go, I'll do the two top contenders in the Eastern Conference and the, uh, the uh, Western Conference, and I'll give you. And I'm not gonna break down the whole team, but I'll give you why I think they're really good. So let's start in the East. First, I'll go. I'll go with the second team uh, that I think. I think the Carolina Hurricanes are just amazing, ama- like fan fucking tastic. I've watched them a couple times this year. Boy, let me tell you, they are well coached and they are well run. They got and they got it all. They got the goalie. They got um. With Frederick, uh, Frederick Anderson is having a good year. They got the defenseman. I think they got some defensemen injured. And they're still playing really good defensively. So watch out for them. And then they got the goal-scoring power up front. So that's not going to be an issue. But I think the number one team, the only team that I, I am scared I would not bet against, um, that would be the two-time 
Stanley Cup winners back-to-back years. I don't want to pick against them because they might just explode. The Tampa Bay Lightning. My goodness. They got the cornerstones. Uh, they got Steven Stamkos, who's rejuvenated. And it looks like he's 20 years old out there again. Kucherov's there. You got Hedman, probably one of the best defensemen in the NHL. You got, and then Vasilevsky, the stone in the net. And then you just have really good players like up and down that lineup. Like It's not even a – what's it called? It's not even a, a contest. Like I know – like Florida's like, uh, and there's uh, other teams that are like a couple points ahead of them in the standings, but I will not count out the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning during the playoffs. So those are the two teams that I think have the best chance in the East. And in the Western Conference, I'd say number two has to be the Colorado Avalanche. They might be the best team right now just because they got, they might have the best defense, of course, with guys like McCarr, Gerard, uh, Eric Johnson, like I mentioned before. The only real issue is goalie. I'm not sold 100%. They might have to make a move at the deadline. We'll see. I, I thought they should have protected Philip Grubauer. But, I mean, he's not doing too well in Seattle. But that's also because they're not a good team this year. Expansion. But then uh, they have the guys like McKinnon and Kadri stepping up in that first line. And you got Landeskog and Ranton. And, my goodness, they're just so skilled and so big up front. And then they got toughness, too, on that team. I love how, how they got some toughness. They got a tough guy, McDermott. Who's re- who really does go after and protect his teammates. I've seen that a couple times this year. And then the number one team in the West, I know they haven't fully been healthy, but I this is the only reason why. The Vegas Golden Knights, my God, they, they're going to be such a loaded, loaded team. Um, they to, First off, the defenseman, you, got, you, could, you have a line with Petrangelo on one line, and then you can have Shea Theodore run it. So those are your two best defensemen. That's pretty good. And then the fact that they're not even healthy, you got like I think at one point their their whole first line could be injured with uh, stone patches, and that's right. This week, uh, Vegas fans should be uh, excited. Jack Eichel is coming back. He's uh, what's it called? He he practiced for the first time and took contact, which is really good. So he might be seeing the ice sooner than later. So in the, maybe in the next week or two, possibly. I I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm just speculating. But you have. That top line, uh, to go imagine Vegas and Colorado in the uh, Western Conference Finals. That'll be a fucking one for the ages. Like wow, um, but I I think Vegas will might come out of the West, and I think Tampa might come out of the East, or one of those other two teams could come out. Um, but those are the top four best teams I think right now. Um, that that could change. We we still have the NHL trade deadline. Anyone can get better. I know there's pl- there's plenty of teams that have a shot at winning the. Uh, Cup. I'm not saying those are the only four teams. That's just who I think are the best. Um, I know there's like a couple other teams. Like Florida's got a good chance. The Leafs look great. The the Rangers and Penguins, you know, they look fantastic. They have a good chance. Um, and out out west, you know, the Nashville is having a great year. You got uh, te- you got surprise teams in there. You know, like the Wild, the Blues, that whole division. Um, and you got maybe even the Kings on a comeback. So I don't know. I don't know, but those are my top four teams. Um, that's going to be it for this episode. Hopefully there's there's going to be a lot more hockey because we're getting back into things. I know um, the Olympics are on also. I haven't really watched too much of it. Uh, I, I am rooting for, obviously, USA, but, it's again, like it's not the same. But a- anyway, uh, we have that. We're going to have, like, trade deadline, uh, trade predictions soon. And then just, uh, you know, the regular season, you know, most teams are – uh, more than uh, the halfway played uh, 
with games played, they're more than halfway done. So this is that final stretch for postseason. So a lot of exciting hockey. So, all right, that take, uh, takes care of everything. I will see you all in the next episode and have a wonderful week, guys.